This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Tuesday, August 11th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. All right. Uh, Matt and I were really excited on Monday night for Enrique Hernandez, if he was mm-hmm. going to make the Dodgers lineup, and then he did. We got excited about it. He didn't really do anything. The Dodgers didn't do much against the Nationals. Right. But uh, we were excited about it and didn't go anywhere. Uh, but that's okay. You know, you, you, it's more of a process, not a results thing. That's okay. But uh, but yeah, how do uh, you play DFS on Monday? I actually had to sit that one out. Uh, yesterday, my dog went in for a uh, surgery, so I was dealing with that for a good chunk of the day, and then catching up on articles. I didn't get a chance to put together a roster. Yeah, because everything will go okay with your dog? Yeah, so far so good. Uh, he had a mass removed from his belly, so yeah, it's fairly serious. Uh, yeah. There's still some uh, infection risk, but he's through the hardest part. I think he'll be okay. That's good. That's good. That's so far, so good. Um, okay, well, we're going to look at some DFS stuff for Tuesday. Monday was a little tricky, little mm-hmm. tiny slate of games, but we got a full slate going on on Tuesday again. Um, I still had a little bit of trouble. We're going to start with Catcher. And uh, Catcher was a little bit tricky for me. Uh, Brad, where did you go behind the plate on Tuesday? Yeah, so I pulled out five names, and they have various issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Top of the list, uh, Kyle Schwarber's become very expensive on all the sites. Uh, Yeah, rightfully so. He's very well. Uh, There's a reason. He also has a 431 BAPIP. Uh, That'll be a nice little warning sign. Uh, Regression Mm -hmm. is coming. Uh, he does look like a high bapit hitter. Maybe a guy who could even sustain a 350 rate, but 431 is definitely over the yeah. top. And then yeah. uh, Youngman's a good pitcher. Yeah. Uh, so that that game, uh, I believe it's in Chicago. You know, it's a solid matchup, but he's pricey. I'm not sure if I'm ready to jump off and uh, pay pay a high price for him at this point. Yeah, not against Youngman either. It's, right. Youngman's been awesome, and he's one of those guys, I look at his minor league numbers, and you're like, he didn't strike people out, and he didn't have a great ERA, and I don't yeah, know, you don't, wanna, you don't want to stat scout, absolutely, you know, but I'm like, you know, low two ERAs so far through 11 starts, I think. I mean, the FIP is good on young men, too. I don't know. Like, it happens every once in a while. Guys come up and are good. It, it does. And I, I don't have a good handle on him yet, either. I've, I've looked at the pitch effects stuff a couple times, uh, not in the last few weeks, but mm-hmm. I don't really see anything that looks like he should be as good as he is. I don't see anything that looks bad, either. Right. And it's makes it hard to get a sense of what to expect going forward. And yeah. He's one of those guys we just got to wait for, yeah. uh, see how he shakes out. Yeah, I'm not running around terrified of young men, but I'm also not fully buying. I don't know. Sometimes, yeah, players come up and they, like, all of a sudden are way better than they were in the minors, which is rare, mm-hmm. but it happens. Um, on the hitting side, the example is always Hanley Ramirez, who just clicked real hard, even though he was, like, a top prospect. And then on the pitching side, in more recent memory, it was uh, Jacob deGrom, Yep. And I'm not trying to compare these two pitchers at all, but in DeGrom's case, it had to do with, as I believe, his uh, his pitch usage, and that when he was in the minor leagues, he was working on different things uh, mm-hmm. pitch-wise, and then once he was in the majors, he was kind of unleashed and ready to, to throw everything he had, and once he put all his pitches together, all of a sudden he was amazing, you know, and, and that's 
one of the many, many ways that pitchers can slip through prospect lists and whatnot, and all of a sudden be actually much better in the major leagues. I have no idea if that's the case with young men at all. I'm not suggesting it is, just saying it is possible for pitchers to all of a sudden be better in the major leagues than they were in the minor leagues. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here, but he's he's been good. He's, he's interesting, and uh, yeah, I would hesitate to pick against him right now. So, yeah, I like Schwarber, though, but it's not not the best place. Um, And where else would you go, a catcher? Uh, Buster Posey has a lefty. Uh, it's Scott Casimir, though. Yeah. And as we know, Casimir's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, not an elite pitcher, but definitely a, a number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice, solid guy. Uh, reliable start to start for the most part. Yeah, it's uh, been good. It, it's, again, he's Posey's expensive. It's a little hard to jump on board with the price tag. Uh, problem being, the remaining three guys I have are more of a bargain bin type. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Darnode's the best of them, uh, against Chris, uh, Rissen. Mm-hmm. But that game is a storm risk, uh, only one tonight. Uh, Mets have like a 70% chance of storms pretty much all day. Yeah. And, you know, that, I'm assuming at some point, you know, they'll get a soggy field, and if it's raining during game time, uh, postponement could come within two hours. Yeah. That's worth avoiding. Storm risk. Not even yep. weather risk. Storm risk is enough right. to, to be careful of that one. Um, so keep an eye on it. Uh, maybe it clears up. It looks better closer to game time, and you can go with him. Yep. Um, instead, in a dome, do you like Stephen Vogt getting Drew Hutchison? Yeah, I don't mind that. Uh, I've still, I'm still steering clear of Vogt personally, but mm. I think you can use him. Right. And it's a good location for power, uh, for vote in general. Yeah. Um, Hutchison, Hutchison has those weird home road splits. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about them several times on the column, uh, uh or the podcast. And I, I still, I'm not really concerned about the actual split. Yeah. Uh, what I am concerned about is just how bad he has been on the road. It makes me think that, um, uh, his home results are the the fluky ones, and that he's more of a five point ERA pitcher. Yeah, and he's cooled off recently. He's yeah, he's weird, very weird pitcher. But Stephen Vogt could do okay there. Um, I have Wellington Castillo against David Buchanan might be my favorite, and it's not the platoon advantage, but Wellington Castillo has just been outrageous. I don't know what got into him. Uh, maybe he's just mad about being traded a few times, <laughs> but he's pounding the ball. He gets David Buchanan, who's uh, not uh, an intimidating righty, and then he gets the Phillies bullpen after that. Um, so I like that okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'd be all right there. Um, we have Yadier Molina gets Jeff Locke, which in previous years would have been nice, but Yadier Molina's not been great this year. He hasn't been that great against lefties, so it's not exciting. By any means. Um, and then my last one, uh, Yelf Monday Grandal gets Joe Ross, but Joe Ross has been pretty alright. Yeah, he's so, a solid pitcher. Yeah, Joe Ross is good, so that's not a great matchup for Grandal, who can hit righties, but I don't know. Uh, I think my favorite is Wellington Castillo, but I think Stephen Vogt would be even cheaper, actually, and uh, isn't bad either. Any other catchers that I missed that you had? Yeah, a couple. Uh, John Jaso against Williams Perez. Okay, yeah. Uh, he Perez is a, a filler pitcher at yeah. best. A uh, guy you maybe can stick as like a number five in the future, but right mm-hmm. now it's more of a spot guy. And uh, Jaso is pretty solid, and he flies under the radar because he's not actually a catcher. He plays DH. Uh, so, yeah, or um, they pretend he can play outfield. Yeah, they pretend he can play outfield too. Um, yeah, it's, that's 
can get a little ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other guy I like, uh, Jesus Montero is actually hitting well since, uh, well, all season really. Yeah. And, uh, he's doing well in his return to the majors. He's up against Chris Tillman, a uh, bit of a flyball pitcher. And Montero has a history of liking this flyball guy. Uh, for his career, he has a 729 OPS against flyball pitchers. And uh, mm-hmm. that doesn't sound that good, but Montero also was pretty bad mm-hmm. in the past. So this better looking version of Montero should, uh, be more around at 800 OPS. Yep, yeah, he's been good. Uh, if he's catcher eligible for you, that makes him a much more interesting DFS pick, for sure. Yep. I like that. Um, how about first base? On the first base, who sticks out for you there? Uh, again, I got five names uh, at the top of the list. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt against David Buchanan. They mentioned Buchanan's an exploitable pitcher, guy you can go mm-hmm. after. He's been better since his return to the majors, but still a guy you can go after, like yeah. I said. And Goldschmidt and, will do fine. Yeah. Goldschmidt, uh, cream of the crop. Uh, his price has actually dropped a little bit in recent weeks. Uh, just hasn't been quite as hot as he was. Uh, crazy bat pip's been uh, more of a uh, routine number recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's good, because now we can kind of afford him. He's not just way too expensive to even use. Yeah, actually making himself an option. Yeah, and uh, the other top play is uh, Jose Abreu against H- Hector Santiago. Yeah. Uh, Abreu's another fly ball, ground ball split guy. He's got a 1,002 OPS against fly ball pitchers, and he also likes to face lefties. Yep. So there's uh, two factors. Uh, third factor, games at Chicago, uh, U.S. Cellular Field. Uh, awesome place for power. Yep. Yeah, and I love Hector Santiago. I say it all the time. You know, it's not a great matchup. Uh, yeah, the, otherwise, but, but those other factors are pretty good. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. There's, when you account for the toll picture, uh, that's, he definitely looks good today. Yeah, I don't uh, know who I, he's gonna drive in, but, <laughs> but yeah, I like, I like Abreu. That's a good call. He, he, he might have a couple guys. The, the White Sox have actually been a pretty solid offense since the break. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Saladino reaches base at a decent clip, uh, tends to bat in front of Abreu. Uh, Adam Eaton's really come along. Yep. Uh, Still Eaton's not running, one of my, Eaton's one of my breakout players of the year at this point. Uh, terrible for a couple months, and since sometime in June, I think it is uh, just one of the better players in the league. Yeah, I think fantasy owners just wishing he would run. You know, that's yeah, kind of what the true. player you thought he would be, and he's not running. He's getting on base. He's, he's even hitting for some power, which is nice uh, consolation yeah. if you wanted the steals. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, do you like the flip side of that? Do you like Albert Pujols at Carlos Rodon? I, I don't mind it. Rodon's a d- difficult-to-predict pitcher. Yeah. Uh, he's got those... His stuff's just nasty, but he doesn't, doesn't harness it at all. Yeah. Uh, really needs more time in the minors, in my opinion. He obviously can survive in the majors, but yeah. I, I, I worry about their. I worry about how they're affecting his ceiling. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And Pujols could do fine there. How about a uh, Prince Fielder getting Kyle Gibson in Minnesota? Yes, that's another good one. It's another fly ball, ground ball split play. Uh, Fielder likes ground ball pitchers. Uh, mm-hmm. Eight thirty OPS against them. And Gibson's a solid guy. He's developed uh, his slider a lot more this year. His changeup's good. Uh, I really like him overall as a pitcher. He hasn't been great in his last, uh, I think it's four starts. Uh, he's kind of scuffled, and I think he could try to take advantage of that poor streak and hope Fielder does some yeah. damage. 
Yeah, he was looking good going into the break, and then it's kind of cooled off again. I don't know. Yep. Gibson's also kind of a weird pitcher. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I would go ahead. Wouldn't feel bad picking on him. Um, my last name we haven't discussed. Joy Bottle gets somebody named Colin Ray. Can you tell me anything about Colin Ray? I can tell you very little. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> basically, I got his Fangraph stat page in front of me, and that's yeah. uh, all I could really draw upon. Uh, looks like a. Uh, Maybe like a 7K per 9 guy. Yeah. Uh, control has varied throughout the minors. Um, anywhere from uh, at AA this year, he had 1.32 walks per 9. Yeah. Uh, 2013 at uh, high A, he had 8.16 walks per 9. Uh, he's been all over the board with that. Yeah. Uh, better control recently, though. Uh, I think uh, I can anticipate maybe 3.5 walks. Yeah, we usually when it comes to a guy like this and we haven't heard of him, that's usually a good sign in DFS. Because usually yeah. we've heard of most guys. If you haven't heard of them, I'm not that scared of them. And Joy Votto's good enough to hit anybody. So, I like oh, yeah, Joy Votto there. I was looking for red stacks to use today, too. I have Votto's name down. Uh, yeah. He, sh- he should be a, uh, an exploitable pitcher, I would assume. Yep. And then uh, who else do you have at first base? Uh, last name, Adam Lind against Dan Heron. Okay, uh, Lind sure. likes fly ball pitchers. Uh, yeah. Getting to use this uh, ground ball fly ball split a lot today. Yeah, that's uh, good. That's a little, little below OPS the is, Yeah, Lind's OPS is 968 against fly ball pitchers. Uh, so you got to like that. Yep, all right. That makes him definitely an option. Okay, how about uh, second base? Where Who's where, at the top of your list at second base? <laughs> second base was a bit of a challenge. Yeah, it's uh, ugly. Th- the top of my list, and we could talk about this a little bit, I have Jose Altuve versus Madison Bumgarner with a question mark. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, that Yeah, that San Francisco-Houston game is Scott Casimir against Madison Bumgarner. Two pretty good lefties. It's in San Francisco, which is not a great park to hit. Right. And then you have, you know, good guys on both teams that are good at hitting lefties, and... It's hard to feel good about it. Altuve mashes lefties, but, you know, do you want to pick against Bumgarner? You're not crazy. Not. <laughs> You're not crazy, but, it, it's, yeah. It's, this, uh, this Houston stack today, there's several of them. They make for a nice fade. Yeah. Uh, there's Altuve, uh, when we get the shortstop, there's Carlos Correa, yeah. uh, Carlos Gomez in the outfield. They're we all guys who mash lefties. Yeah, we uh, didn't bring up Evan Gaddis, but if he's yeah, we catcher eligible. Yeah, we left Evan Gaddis out. Yeah. Uh, these are guys who hit well against lefties, but Madison Bumgarner is really good. Uh, it's I don't still think... a very interesting counter. Yeah, you mentioned it's a fade. I don't think you'd be absolutely crazy doing that in a GPP of some sort. And right. Hoping they get to him, which is possible. He's not, you know, he's not Zach Reinke. You know, every once in a while nope. he gives up runs, but he's pretty good. Um, my second base list was short. Altuve is not a terrible option. Do you like D. Gordon against Stephen Wright? It's it's a playable pick. Yeah. Uh, our standard D Gordon recommendation. You hope for multiple hits. <laughs> right, and Stephen Wright's nothing special. No, nope. he'll, he'll flutter the ball up there, and who knows what'll happen. Gordon can handle knuckleballs. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Now's a, a good time. Is any? Uh, we had a Twitter question I was going to get to, but a regular listener and Twitter or or person, Chris Jackson. <laughs> uh, Wanted to know about, uh, wind affecting pitches. We, we keep an eye on wind in terms of batted balls a lot. Um, obviously wind blowing out can be good for power numbers for balls getting over the fence. But, uh, wind blowing out, would that have 
he asked, uh, does that mean movement on pitches and more difficult to make contact? And uh, you and I were talking about it before the show. Um, you were saying a case where it might matter would be with knuckleball pitchers. Yeah, so knuckleball pitchers claim it matters. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it's more of a just a, a thing they think rather mm-hmm. than a, a truth. Uh the thing about Major League Stadiums, the way they're designed, there's very rarely any kind of breeze at all at field level. Right. They uh, try to avoid that. Yeah. it's there, There's probably a couple of counterexamples. I've heard that Wrigley can get pretty windy on the field. Right. Uh, for the most part, the reason why we care about wind for hitters is because once it gets up in the air, that's when it starts to get in play. Right. Yeah. Um, and that would make sense with Wrigley just because it's older. And right. now that, you know, newer stadiums, they are very specific about the way they face and how wind gets to them. There are actually rules about the way they face. Have you ever seen the maps of the fields on, uh, as compared to cardinal directions? Uh, I have, yes. Yeah, they almost, almost all of them face the same way. And there are rules in the rule book about how that is allowed to go. Um, and I'm sure they're designed with wind as mind as well. So... Um, our consensus, without having done any real deep research on it, is that wind should not affect pitchers, especially the ones throwing at full speed, not knuckleballers. Um, yeah, if, it's interesting. if you think about a 90-mile-per-hour fastball, let's say it moves five inches horizontally, mm-hmm. and you got like a 10-mile-per-hour wind straight back at it, mm-hmm. uh, I... What's that like? Maybe a quarter of an inch extra movement, a oh. tenth of an inch. Oh, I, have. I, I don't. I don't have my high school physics. Uh, yeah, um, I bet here. there's been research on it. And like I said, we didn't dig deep. So if any yeah. of the listeners have seen any articles about this, uh, tweet them on over, and we'll we'll share them and at least check it out. But my initial impression is no wind does not affect uh, pitching yep. movement. But but yeah, mm-hmm. if there hasn't been an article about it, I think it would be a good one. Um, yeah. Anyway, knuckleballer Stephen Wright going to Miami where there should not be any wind uh, in Miami. And, uh, yeah, I, I, Stephen Wright's just nothing special. And I think D. Gordon could be fine. Um, I know that Matt always likes Derek Dietrich as well if he's second base eligible. Has mm-hmm. a little bit more pop. He's been hitting well and can be second base eligible. Might be outfield eligible, but if he's at second base, I like him okay too. Um, I like Rugnet Odor against Kyle Gibson. Do you yes. like that? Yeah, it's one of the ones I picked out. Uh, don't have any ground ball, fly ball splits on him, but he does like right-handed pitching. Yeah, he'll be fine. And Kyle Gibson, again, is a confusing pitcher. I, I don't know. Second base is tough. Um, yes. Who else did you have? You could give some thought to Neil Walker against Carlos Martinez, who has a little bit of trouble with left-handed hitters. And mm-hmm. Walker, of course, being a switch hitter, yeah. uh, likes to bat from the left side a little more. Uh, some better numbers there. Uh not feeling great about that one, but like we've been saying, second base is pretty shallow. Uh, yeah. If you want to punt the position, Chase Utley against Jeremy Hellickson's an option. Mm-hmm. Utley has hit well in his four games back from the disabled list. True. Uh, some like five for 13 with three doubles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's pretty much a minimum price guy these days, so I think he gives some thought to that. Yeah, and the Phillies have randomly been playing well, which I'm not sure anyone buys, but they've been doing it, <laughs> and the top of their lineup can do stuff. I wrote down, um, next to at least Cesar Hernandez, and they've been kind of sharing second base, um, and sometimes they put Hernandez in at shortstop if they can right. fit him. 
Uh, I like him. Uh, he's, he's alright. He's, it's not exciting, but he's a player that's capable of producing. And I like picking on Jeremy Hellickson. He's not great. And the Arizona <laughs> bullpen's not great. So I could see that going okay. Um, Utley or Hernandez, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who else you got at second base? That was it. Yeah, that's it for me too. Utley, Hernandez, Odor, uh, other than Miami guys, basically. Um, third base, where, where do you start? Where's the top of your list at third? There was a little thin for me, too. Uh, you have some decent options at the top, uh, guys like Chris Bryant, Michael Franco. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just expensive with decent matchups. Uh, I didn't really write them down on my list, but they're guys to consider. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manny Machado, I like a little bit more out of that group. Uh, he's against Taiwan Walker. Yeah. Uh, Machado has just really come along this year, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. reached his ceiling. And it's uh, an exciting player. Is he uh, a first rounder next year? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. With his uh, mix of power, speed, average, mm-hmm. top of the um, Orioles lineup, it's really all there uh, in terms of fantasy profile. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I like Juan Uribe against Chris Russell, but like you said, that game mm-hmm. is in danger. So it would right. be tough. He likes to hit lefties. He would like to hit against the Rockies bullpen, but... Hard to recommend with a storm warning. Yep. Um, do you like Mike Moustakis against Anibal Sanchez? Anibal is still allowing homers. Yes, he is, and yeah. I, that's one I don't mind. Yeah. Uh, it's Moustakis has been pretty cold lately himself, uh, not really hitting for any kind of power, uh, mm-hmm. not getting runs or RBI. You hope it turns around, but I, I, I want to have a better player at third base. Uh, the yeah. issue is there aren't too many options. Yeah. Uh, so I think you could definitely go with Moustakis. And he's affordable, too. That's a, a point in his favor. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention Eric Hosmer, but same deal. Like, uh, Anibal is allowing homers, and, th- and that's good. Um, do you like Jake Lamb against Stephen Buchanan? Jake Lamb's I do. been okay that's, recently. That's one of the guys I have my eye on today. Uh, again, another guy who's affordable. Has a bunch of multi-hit games recently, and that's always nice to see. Uh, has had a triple yesterday. Uh, another, that's good to see a little bit of speed on the bases. Uh, shown a little bit of pop this year. Uh, mostly uh, just thriving on a, a bit of a high bat pip. Uh, he, he's a solid player uh, against an exploitable pitcher. Uh, affordable price, like we said. I think he can use him. Yep. Uh, anybody else for you at third base? I... Don't mind Todd Frazier against uh, Colin Ree. Okay. Uh, we talked about just going after that red stack in general. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely a group of guys you can target today. Yeah, Frazier prefers the lefties, but he can certainly have yeah. righties. Yeah, he's he still has plenty of power. Um, the other guy I would look at, Kyle Seeger against Chris Tillman. Okay. I, I've actually got a few Mariners down today. Um, Tillman's not a guy I initially went in there thinking I was going to stack against, but he, he might work. Uh, he's been pretty good recently, uh, dealing with a minor injury, uh, coming yeah. back from that. Uh, Seeger likes fly ball pitchers. Tillman kind of leans in that direction. Yeah, um, and he's been, he's had like a few dates to come back for a while now, and it kept getting pushed a little bit. Right. And now he's yeah, finally so, going to pitch for his first time since end of July. Right, so you got to wonder how sharp he's going to be. Uh, yeah. That's the, the main thing, the main reason why I might go after him. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes these guys, they come back uh, after a long break like this, and they're very sharp. Uh, their stuff plays up because uh, they're actually rested for once, and mm-hmm. they shut down the opponent. So could go either way. Yep. Yeah. All right. Any other third baseman for you? That's it for me. Okay. 
shortstop. Uh, it was it was so tricky on Monday that we were really hoping for Enrique Hernandez. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it's a little better. Top of my list, uh, not my favorite, but it was the first in the list was uh, Wilmer Flores getting Chris Russin. Uh, Mets hero had my attention, but again, kind of scared off by that weather. Uh, I'd have my eye on it, but I don't know that I could trust it. Um, the one I like the most probably is Xander Bogarts because Justin Nicolino. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of my favorites today in terms of uh, a mixture of talent, uh, price, uh, what you can expect in production. Uh, Nicolino is probably not a a guy to worry about. I want to stack Red Sox, in fact, but yeah. I can't find enough of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, Bogarts is, like, very quietly having an amazing season as he, like, really starting to live up to his potential, but he's kind of overshadowed by Manny Machado blowing up and, like, Carlos Correa coming out of nowhere and, like, the other young guys like Chris Bryant, you know, but don't sleep on Xander Bogarts, who's had an awesome season, and, you know, a lot of people made some crazy comparisons about him in terms of his ceiling. So, uh, yeah, I think he, he's not going to be a first rounder next year by any means, but he's going to be worth some attention as a shortstop for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I bet he'll be in the top five or six. Yep. Um, yeah. Shortstop. So, yeah. And I like him, uh, yeah, against the lefty and in Miami, he'll do fine. Um, again, I got to go with, uh, Johnny Peralta. Matt and I are always <laughs> talking about Johnny Peralta, but that's because he's always a pretty good option. Always pretty good. Uh, and he gets Jeff Locke. And, uh, Peralta's relatively impervious to platoon splits. And more so, it's good on the other side that maybe Jeff Locke struggles against righties, which will be good for him. Again, a lot of times, I've said this before, when you have, uh, two players with platoon splits, a pitcher and a hitter, the general consensus is that the pitcher ones are more important. Have you heard that? Uh, yeah, that's usually what I go with too. Honestly, I usually assume that when you see most hitter splits, uh, for the most part, that's a result of him facing pitchers that have splits. That, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if you think about the, the way a matchup works, uh, you have to think about things like deception, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how visible the ball is, and that's usually uh, two of the main things that drive a split. And then also the repertoire itself; those are all coming from the pitcher. So yeah, you're you're usually going to be wanting to prioritize the pitcher's yep. splits over the hitter. Yep. So yeah. Johnny Peralta, not real heavy splits, but you still like him with the platoon advantage because the pitcher can show a weakness. Um, who else do you like at shortstop? I don't mind Troy Tulowitzki if you want to spend some money. He's up mm-hmm. against Kendall Graveman. Mm-hmm. And Graveman's pitched pretty well recently. Uh, Blue Jays lineup being what it is uh, could probably blow him out of the water. Uh, we mentioned Carlos Correa against Madison Bumgarner. If you want to get uh, fancy and yep. try a GPP fade. If you want to get cute, which is not <laughs> <Yep>. the worst. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes sense when you're going up against those uh, fields of 20,000 people sometimes. Yep. Eugenio Suarez versus Rhea at Red Stack in general. Uh, Suarez is a, a solid hitter. Uh, guys flown under the radar. Yeah. Uh, they, they picked him up over the offseason from the Tigers. So I was surprised they let him go, actually. Yeah. And uh, he's got a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed. Yeah. Uh, and he was buried for half the year, too, or at least yep. for a part of it. Yeah, yeah he I was br- stuck behind Zach Cozart's uh, sudden emergence. I, and, I brought uh, him up on Monday when I was desperate for options. And yeah, he, you he's could a do guy worse. Yeah. Yeah. 
His his strikeout weight's a little higher than I'd like. Uh, that's really the only thing that concerns me about his profile. Mm-hmm. My favorite uh, swing guy, uh, Dan Farnsworth, likes his uh, his uh, plate approach a lot too. Uh, who else do you like at shortstop? Last name I got here is Brad Miller against Chris Tillman. Okay, uh, yeah. Low average guy with power and speed. Uh, yeah, you hope we get on base or uh, pop one out of the park. We always like Brad Miller. We think he's a good yep. option. Not against lefties, but otherwise uh, he can do well. And yeah, then, he's a uh, punch. <laughs> yeah. And then outfield, where are you thinking of going? Uh, I have a bunch of guys, uh, mostly of the higher quality uh, type. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Trout is uh, probably one of the top expected producers today mm-hmm. against Carlos Rodon. Mm-hmm. Uh, likes those lefties. Uh, awesome park for power at U.S. Cellular Field. Uh, Trout's trout, too, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, he'll uh, be fine. Yeah, you just got to figure out how to uh, save the money to use him. But he's actually uh, relatively affordable. Yeah. Not even the most expensive outfielder on FanDuel, uh, 4700 Uh There's Jose Batista facing a ground ball pitcher. Batista likes ground ball guys, uh, yeah. that being Kendall Graveman. Should be plenty capable. Yep. Uh, he's a guy who has over 900 OPS against grounder pitchers. Uh, yeah. That should be a good one. And the A's bullpen has been so frustrating. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Not, not a great bullpen. Uh, definitely a place you can exploit. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy with ground ball fly ball splits, uh, Ryan Braun against Dan Heron. Likes those fly ball pitchers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Braun's OPS against them, uh, 921. So that's a good one, too. He'll do well. He should do fine. Yeah. Um, uh, as for big names, I had uh, I had Ioannis Cespedes against Chris Russin, but again, mm-hmm. can't do much with the weather there. I would avoid that. Um, do you like Hanley Ramirez against Justin Nicolino? Yeah, you can use him. I've been turned off of Ramirez a little bit this year. Yeah. Uh, it's he hard to get a off. sense of when he's actually healthy. Yeah. Uh, and that's always been a problem with him. He's... Uh, it seems like he's just constantly battling some sort of minor injury, if not a major one. Mm-hmm. The other big name I had is J.D. Martinez gets Jordana Ventura. Uh, it's not the platoon advantage. He's still very capable of hitting it out. But, again, you're also going, you know, against that Kansas City bullpen. It's in Kansas City. It's not great. I don't, it'd be okay, but it's not great. Um, who else do you have, like, the, the big names, the expensive names? Started with with Trout, Batista, Braun, which I like. Any other expensive ones for you? Yeah, there's a couple. Uh, AJ Pollock's fairly pricey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also would consider David Peralta against David Buchanan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could definitely go with a di- Diamondback stack in general if you wanted to today. There's enough of them to use against Buchanan. Yeah. A couple guys who used to be pricey and aren't right now, Justin Upton, Matt Kemp, and then also Will Venable against Michael Lorenzen. Yeah. Uh, all viable picks against uh, a pretty mediocre Reds pitcher. Yeah. I like that uh, just fine. Not yet really expensive. Uh, Randall Gritchuk and then also Stephen Piscotti. Uh, yep. They both are against Jeff Locke. I had both uh, of them. With the platoon advantage. Yeah, I, I like both of those. And we're starting to see... Uh, you know, more people talk about Gritchuk and his uh, hard hit rate, yeah, uh, which is up around destroys uh, Giancarlo the ball. Stanton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, he's a strong guy for sure. I could see him being a popular uh, draft pick next year too. Oh yeah, he he'll definitely be one of those sleepers who goes for like eighteen dollars in an yeah. auction and just, just kind of shake your head. A sleeper that everybody's in on. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but in DFS, that's still good. You know, you don't have to overpay on him just yet, and he's doing well, and I think he'll do fine in that matchup, sure. I think the other expensive guy that I pulled out, and again, we touched on briefly, Carlos Gomez against Baumgartner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's a weird one, uh, <laughs> but you can definitely go take that yeah. shot on the fade. I don't mind getting cute on the infield where there's not as many, uh, not as many options. In the outfield, I feel like there's usually a, a lot right. more one, uh, options. Um, okay. Uh, and then how about more affordable options? What were you thinking? Yeah, so I like... Adam Jones has a nice price today. Uh, he's been pretty affordable in general. Uh, he's up against Taiwan Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's not a, uh, a matchup that you have to go out and get, but... Just seeing Jones with an affordable price, uh, you know, it always lights it up for me. I try to find him a place in my lineup when that happens. Yeah. Plus, there's that fabled facing his former team thing, which I know oh, yeah, is the true. fact that uh, does not mean much at all. <laughs> uh, but but interesting. I just thought it was fun to think about the Eric Bedard trade again yesterday. It popped <laughs> into my head. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Fadam Jones is affordable. I like him uh, against Taiwan Walker for sure. You could uh, make a place for Josh Reddick against Drew Hutchinson. Okay, uh, sure. Games in Toronto, good place for power. Reddick's mm-hmm. got a, a nice lefty stroke, uh, could pop one out. Yep. Uh, I don't mind Christian Yelich against Stephen Wright. Yep. Uh, kind of same deal as with D. Gordon when we talked about him. Uh, Wright, Wright's mostly hittable. Uh, it's hard to predict how hitters are going to perform against a knuckleball pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wright doesn't really strike me as being on the same level as a uh, like a Tim Wakefield or R.A. Dickey no. in terms of success of that pitch, but nice. he he can survive in the majors. And, sure, yeah, yeah, uh, he's worth picking on though. I think yeah. he'll, the Marlins can score some runs there. Um, on the flip side, do you like Rusny Castillo against Justin yes. Nicolino? Yes, uh, that's in addition to uh, Bogarts. That's really the only. Uh, Red Sox, I really have my eye on today. Yeah, maybe Hanley, but yeah. much more affordable would be Rusne. Yeah, yeah. I was, I'm a little turned off by Hanley's price. Yeah, I can see that, but not Castillo? Yeah, not so much with Castillo. Uh, he's been swinging a little bit of a hotter bat, mm-hmm. and uh, looks good since his recall. Would you consider Michael Brantley against Luis Severino? Yeah, i consider it. Uh, again, it's not something I'm overly enthusiastic about given his price uh mm-hmm. 3800 on FanDuel yeah. I don't have DraftKings up in front of me uh here it is uh 4900 yeah not uh, cheap so not affordable on DraftKings whatsoever uh for what he's facing but you could go after him on FanDuel I think yeah um yeah in, in the outfield you can afford to be picky there's just so many options so yeah. if you don't love it find something else you like more um, my sneaky pick for the outfield, Shane Victorino against Carlos Rodon. Um, okay. Victorino, now that he's with the Angels, is a right-handed platoon bat. Yep. Uh, but with them facing a lefty, he should get in there. And he's not exciting anymore. It's 2015. He's not a, you know, a thrilling guy, but should still be able to hit a lefty, you know, or at least, uh, draw some walks against Rodon as well. I don't see him, you know, blowing up the stat sheet, but, Gets to go to Chicago, and I just think the Angels can score some runs there. So I would have my eye on him as your third outfielder. 
Again, kind yeah. of a, a sneaky option, but um, not not a must grab. Every once in a while, I'm like, "There's a guy I love. You got to get him." And it's not that, but I don't think you'd be crazy going with Victorina if you're looking for a cheaper guy to fit in. I only had two other names that you didn't get to. Uh, Jay Bruce going to San Diego, getting Colin Ray. Colin Ray. We're not sure how to pronounce yeah, it right I, now. Yeah, I that's, don't know either. It's <laughs> on the list of things we don't know about him. Um, but Jay Bruce can do fine there. He's he hits fine. He, he had that huge down year last year, and then he's been better this year, but I feel like people kind of checked out on him. He's still Jay Bruce, you know, especially this year he's hitting fine. He could approach 30 homers pretty easily. So, uh, yeah, I like him in San Diego. And then do you like Odubel Herrera, another one of those Phillies who's a little under the radar? Yeah, he's actually a guy I recommended yesterday in the... Uh my daily grind column for today. Yeah. Uh, I don't like him quite as much in DFS as a traditional fantasy setting, but you could go with Phillies in general against Hellickson. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, any other outfielders we didn't get to? Uh, there's one more uh, going back to the Reds. Uh, Billy Hamilton will have uh, Colin Reed, too. And Hamilton, uh, very cheap on FanDuel, 2500 3800 mm-hmm. on DraftKings, which is still cheap there. Mm-hmm. Uh, main reason I'm looking at him, um, thinking back to that, that, uh, wild card playing game last year, mm-hmm. uh, between the Athletics and the Royals, where the Royals just went crazy on the bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Derek Norris catching tonight. Uh, yes. also see three steals from Billy Hamilton. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, it's gotta be, uh, Derek Norris though, because yes, Austin, it has to be Derek Norris. If it's Austin Hedges, like, no thank you. you exactly. You don't want exactly. that. Austin Hedges is arguably already one of the best catchers. In baseball, at catching, at all right. the defensive things uh, on hitting, that side of the ball. He the hitting can't is hit behind, yet. just as scouts thought it would be, but yeah. <laughs> the catching is very good. Yeah, uh, I do not want Billy Hamilton if Austin Hedges is, is catching. But you're right, if it's Derek Norris, I think he can run on him, for sure. So keep an eye there on the opposite uh, lineup there. But if that's a thing, that could that could totally work. All right, and then uh, let's pick some pitchers for today. Sure. Uh Hutchison is such a wild card. Would you consider trying him as a sneaky pick? I uh, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't feel good about it. I won't I w- be shocked. I wouldn't yell at you if you, you wanted to, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked myself. if he does well. But there's not a lot of confidence there. Um, how about Carlos Carrasco against the Yankees? He has back to back complete games. Uh, yeah, I I'm always a Carrasco fan. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite pitchers uh, going into the year. I picked him as a to be a top five or ten overall guy, and uh, mm-hmm. a little disappointed uh, in his season. But the peripherals are all there. I'm not discouraged about his stuff or anything. Uh, yeah. Just he, maybe didn't account for his defense as much as I should have. That's true. Yeah, uh, the Yankees are not a great matchup, but if you believe in him, he could do fine. Mm-hmm. At least he's at home. Um, Matt Harvey uh, gets the Rockies. Uh, they have a 682 OPS on the road. It's 22nd in baseball. Um, and now they don't have too low. They have Carlos Go- uh, Gonzalez destroying the ball, though. Right. But, uh, yeah, the storm warnings should chase you off of that. Uh, even more so yeah. than picking a new Especially with a pitcher, right. Yeah. So, no can do on Harvey. Stay away from that. It looks good on paper, but, you know, keep an eye on the weather. It could, yeah. I guess, clean up, but. Yeah, do check closer to game time. Uh, things change. Yeah, but that would pretty much sink your night if you missed your pitcher and spent all that on Harvey. So, yeah. Um, do you like Erasmo Ramirez getting the Braves? I do. Uh, yeah. he's a solid pitcher. The, he's one of the guys I talked about in today's Daily Grind, which should be out as it, 
10 minutes from now uh, with this recording. Mm -hmm. Uh, So before the recording uh, gets posted. Uh, In any case, uh, he... The, the main issue with him is the Rays have a quick hook for the bullpen. Yes. It's not likely to throw more than six innings. Yep. That's, uh, that's same with Carnes. Yeah, they're not going yeah. deep, and that's really their only flaw. They've been good otherwise. It, it makes it hard to use them on, in DFS, especially if you're playing a GPP. Cash mm-hmm. game, uh, better pick, because uh, pretty reliable performance. So you can count on about 10 to 14 FanDuel points from him tonight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, GPP. Yeah. Uh, we talked about, uh, young men. You know, he's, should do fine. He gets the Cubs who have like completely forgotten how to hit right-handed pitching, uh, other than Kyle Schwarber. Uh, but they strike out and I don't know. I, I like that matchup for him. If you're a believer at all, uh, it's, it's a good day for young men. Would you consider going with him there? Yeah, that, that strikes me as a better risk-reward proposition than Erasmo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more likely to go a little deeper into the game. And the uh, Brewers don't have a good bullpen, so they have an incentive to get him deeper into the game, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cubs, uh, being who they are, high strikeout team, uh, can give him a little extra value, too. Or they might just blow him up completely, in which case so you can kind of shrug and move on to tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, Dan Heron getting the Brewers? Uh... I don't mind Heron. Uh, there's a couple guys who are uh, worth avoiding. Uh, they're two better hitters, in fact. Yeah. Uh, if you can get around them, uh, should be an easy game for him. Yep. Okay. Uh, Hector Santiago against the White Sox. As long as he avoids Jose Abreu. <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan of that ballpark. Is the yeah. main thing. Uh, so small. Uh, the White Sox have enough guys who can hit now. Uh, they had some deep slumps early in the season. None of those guys are slumping anymore, except for uh, Adam LaRoche, who he won't even be in the lineup against a lefty. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. it's it's a, a decent lineup. Uh, yeah. Not great, but good enough for that ballpark. Yep. Okay. Uh, how about Carlos Martinez against the Pirates? I like Carlos Martinez a lot. Um, yeah. Maybe my favorite pick today uh, in terms of cost and uh, expected production. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game, as you mentioned, uh, it's in St. Louis, a uh, good place for uh, pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martinez is really good against right-handed hitters. Uh, they, Pirates are mostly right-handed, uh, the guys yes. you want to worry about, and that's uh, a good factor in his favor. And then mm-hmm. he's not terrible against lefties either, uh, not enough that you need to worry about guys like Neil Walker. He's been just playing good. There's no asterisk about it. Like, Carlos Martinez is, is ready, you know. He, yeah. He's been great. Uh, he's not regarded as an ace by any means, but uh, the stats look pretty good, you know? Yeah, if, if he could handle lefties a little bit better, he would be an ace. Yeah. That's his only flaw. Yep. Um, but yeah, against the Pirates, that's okay. Uh, would you consider Chris Tillman in Seattle? Again, there's, there's some picks against him, but you could see it going well too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I could definitely see it going well. Uh, uh, a risky play by all means, but, uh, High variance could go anywhere from like four FanDuel points to twenty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that would be a GPP option. And then, uh, yeah, if you want to get real expensive, uh, Zach Greinke gets the Nationals, who are also fairly right-handed, um, and they're, they've gotten healthy, but they just haven't been that scary this year either. Um, Zach Greinke is good enough to do fine there. Not a prime matchup for him, but I think he'd be fine. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Grinky's uh, just been too good this year yeah. uh, to really forget about him in any matchup. Uh, 
Nationals aren't so good at hitting that you need to worry. Uh, I do wish he was a little more affordable. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's enough uh, cheap guys you can build a roster around him today, yep. uh, especially if you feel good about a Nutley or a Jake Lamb. Yep. Uh, that's my pitching rundown. Who'd you have that I missed? Uh, we can talk about Baumgartner again from this perspective. Uh, yeah. Astros being a lineup that strikes out a lot yep. uh, could also work very much in his favor. Yep. Uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be one of the more interesting matchups to watch today. Yeah, it should be a good game. That Two teams uh, in the playoff race with uh, good pitchers going. Yep. And yeah. then uh, two rookies uh, to consider. Uh, Joe Ross is a very good pitcher. Happens to be up against Zach Greinke. That's kind of a, mm. a, a killing blow when it comes to DFS value. Uh, yeah. It's going to be hard for him to get a victory. And the Dodgers uh, are just so good against righties. So that would be yeah, scary. that's the other factor is you got a, a good lineup that he has to survive. And I think mm. he can. Uh, but I think it's going to be more of a quality start rather than a uh, dominating outing. Yeah. And then uh similar story with Luis Severino. Mm-hmm. Against the Indians, uh, another solid lineup. Not, definitely not as good as the Dodgers, but a uh, solid group. And he's up against a good pitcher, Carlos Carrasco. Yeah. So, uh, you know, path to the win is a little murky. Uh, would like to see a, a better shot at a, a victory uh, getting deep in the game, too. Uh, but he has a high ceiling, and uh, probably more so even than Ross. Uh, could definitely give him some consideration. I could see that, for sure. Um, anybody else for you on the mound? Uh, that, that's all for me. Yeah, there, there's a rundown. I think Carlos Martinez might be our favorite if you can't afford Granky, but Erasmo and Youngman also good options. Yeah, there, there's plenty of places to go. It's after you do a small slate like Monday, uh, <laughs> you got 15 games to pick from on Tuesday. You know, 14 yep. if you you know don't mess with the Mets. Like, there's plenty. There's options. You guys will be able to find something. Uh, Brad, you got anything else before we get on out of here? Uh, I think that about covers it for me. Uh, been busy with the dog for the most part. <laughs> well, we uh, we hope your dog's doing all right. Hoping yeah. for the speedy recovery for your dog. Um, Brad's on Twitter at baseball a team, uh, where we can talk about uh, knuckleballs and and wind on the field and uh, and how that affects things and anything else baseball. He writes everywhere. Tons of DFS info from Brad, not only at Rotographs but all over. Follow him on Twitter. And then uh, I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS, and we like to hear from you. And if you got a good subject like that, we'll bring it up on the show and, and try and try and make our best of it uh, and maybe do some crowdsourcing. But, um, yeah, that should do it for us. Uh, good luck with your DFS stacks, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs. Thank you.